be named later. I'm Chris Willis, and I'm again joined my good friend Stephen Talbert. Stephen, the Braves won three straight and are headed out on a six-game road trip that will begin Friday night in Kansas City. But they're going to be without Orlando Arcia, who is the latest key player to go down with the injury. What do you think about that when you you heard about Arcia today? Yeah, what's up, Chris? It's always good to do one of these with you, buddy. But um, yeah, we uh, we thought we escaped last night. You know, they they did the I think they did the X-ray immediately after the game. Came back negative, which obviously was a, a good sign, and even that was surprising given how bad it looked. But then obviously today we got the news that they did a an MRI and a CT scan, which um, I guess shows a little bit more. And there was a, uh, I think it's called a microfracture, I think is the term they used. Um, so he's going on the IL. Our buddy Ivan immediately kind of called back to when Nick, Castellanos had a uh, a microfracture in his wrist two years ago and was out two or three weeks. So, um, you know, I'm hoping it's going to be 15 days, maybe 20 days where he's out, maybe, you know, three weeks or so. But, um, yeah, it was a bummer. I really thought we kind of escaped last night. Hunter Green is probably the last guy in the world you want to get hit with a fastball from. Guy throws 102 miles an hour or so. And, and it hit him square. Like, I mean, we were all watching last night, and I think everybody was like, this this is not good. Like, this is this looks like a pretty standard broken wrist. And um, so, you know, we kind of got the rug pulled out from under us last night. We got some good news and then, you know, some, some bad news today. But, you know, that's just part of it. Injuries are part of baseball. Um, the Braves are, you know, they've certainly had their share of injuries here early on. I think we're going to talk more about that as we go on. But... Yeah, luckily the Braves do have some depth. They've got Grissom that they can they can bring up, and that looks like what they're going to do. But I hate it for Orlando, man. He was playing so good, and he'd gotten off to a really good start. And it's been fun to watch him play, and, and hopefully he's not down for too long. Yeah, I was at the press box last night and uh, when, when uh, R.C. was hit by the pitch. You know, it, the mood was a little somber um, after the game. Obviously, Brian Snicker talked about it. The x-rays were ne- negative. You know, he was cautious – cautiously optimistic although he did say you know he wasn't going to rule rule a uh a stint on the injured list out until you know they saw arcia uh this morning so you know obviously they underwent more tests and uh revealed the micro fracture it stinks just because i look i mean I, i've been critical of orlando arcia but you can't fault you can't fault the way um he's played uh over these first uh 12 13 games you know, he's 143 weighted runs created plus. I don't know that he could keep that up, but I mean, he has quieted all that shortstop discussion, you know, so it's, you hate to see, you hate to see anybody get hurt. You really hate to see it for the Braves right now, just because they are dealing with so many injuries. I mean, it's been, it's been, seems like it's been one thing after another. Uh, we go a couple of days, you get close to getting somebody back and somebody else goes down. Uh, you know, so, I mean, it's just one of those things we have, obviously we haven't heard a timetable. The Braves haven't announced, um, anything like that. And they haven't, uh, they really haven't announced the corresponding roster move. Uh, so I'm sure that'll come before Friday's, uh, get opener in Kansas city. But, you know, it's going to be interesting to see how that goes. Everybody's assuming it's going to be Vaughn Grissom since he was out of the line, Gwinnett's lineup, um, uh, Thursday night as we're recording this. So, uh, you know, I mean, I think it should be Grissom. He's off to a great start at Gwinnett. It's going to be his opportunity uh, to kind of showcase himself. Uh, obviously, you know, he, he was uh, lost out on the position late in spring camp. So, you know, it'd be interesting to see how he how he performs. And um, you know, like I said, yeah, you just hate to see this because, like RC was off to such a good start, and uh, you know, it's just it's just a bummer. Yeah, and this will be Vaughn's chance, right? Like, he probably felt a little slighted that he got demoted at the end of spring training. Um, he had a really good spring, at least offensively. I think they've always had questions with his glove. But, you know, he's going to get probably, I mean, at least two weeks, probably three weeks um, to show that he can play shortstop at the major league level. There was clear, There's clearly people in the Braves organization that aren't convinced of that yet. And this is going to be his opportunity. So, you know, he he's get he's going to get a chance to to prove a lot of people wrong. If he can play some strong short, you know, it's not really even about the bat with him. I think everybody thinks he's going to hit at least a little bit. But if he comes out and plays really good defense over these next couple of weeks, you know, even if you know RC is not going to lose the job because he got hurt, right? Even when RC comes back, he's going to be the starting shortstop. But if Vaughn comes up and, and even if it's just a two week stint, shows that he can play defense at this level, then 
that's an important data point going forward for everybody in the organization because now they've at least seen that was part of the problem with Vaughn, right? Giving Vaughn the job right out of spring training is we just never have seen him play shortstop in real games at this level. And, you know, even if it's just a two week stint, now he can at least put tape out there of him doing that. And, you know, if he can make all the plays and, and, and be solid out there, Again, I don't even think it matters how much he hits. If he just catches the ball out there, then it, that that's going to go a long way to building the confidence that the organization needs to put him out there, you know, on a, on a, a full-time basis at some point down the road. Yeah, and I mean, that's a great point, too, and it was something I wanted to ask you. Like, we still – we don't know – you know, we're hopeful that this is going to be a, a couple of week, you know, three-week thing with RCO. We don't really know that yet. But I was wondering, like, how long would he have to be out – for Grissom to actually just grab hold of this job and take it. And I think if it's, you know, if it's a couple of weeks, I don't see it. Uh, you know, I think Grissom's up here really doesn't matter what he does. You know, he can make, obviously make a solid impression and, it, you know, that could play out down the road somewhere. But I think, you know, they'll just stick Arcia right back in there as soon as he's ready. But, you know, if this was to be, if this was really bad news and it was month, two months, I do wonder if, you know, if that job, if Grissom would have a chance to pull that job if he played really well. But, you know, that's something we're going to be able to talk about over the, you know, in the coming weeks. Obviously, uh, you know, all eyes will be on his defense. Like you said, I mean, he's off to toward start at the plate in uh, at, at Gwinnett. I know, um, you know, I mean, we'll we'll be paying attention to the offense, but really it's it's the defense that's going to make or break, you know, his his the trajectory of his career because if he can't handle the job defensively, then, you know, Braden Shoemaker may get a, ch- a chance down the road. We may see Grissom, you know, playing other positions or, or, you know, even possibility being included in a trade or something. So, you know, a lot of things riding on this. It'll be interesting to see how all that plays out in the coming weeks. Yeah, and I, I one thing I want to I see is, like you said, if, Chris, if RC is out, for let's just say, let's just throw out a number. Let's just say it's really bad. Let's say it's worst case scenario. And it's like eight weeks, right? Like two months. Well, the longer that Grissom is out there at short, the larger the sample size of his defense is going to be, and the larger the sample size, the more confidence, right? So that what you're seeing is real. So you know it, it it's kind of a double edged sword because if RC is out for longer, then that gives Grissom a longer opportunity to prove what he can do, but it also gives Grissom a longer opportunity to prove what he can't do. Right. So um, it, it will be it's going to be fascinating to watch however long he's out there, however long RC is out, just to see exactly what he does with this opportunity. Support for this show comes from Sylvan Learning. As a parent, you want your child to have every opportunity, but giving them the tools they need to tackle every challenge that takes a team. Now, more than ever, educational support tailored exactly to what your child needs can make all the difference. That's why parents have trusted Sylvan Learning for 45 years as the ultimate teammate in their child's educational journey, instilling in them a love for learning and a passion for reaching the next level. And Sylvan's Insight Assessment can identify gaps in learning and areas that could be of concern for your child. It's a 360-degree view into your child's learning that you can't find anywhere else and helps ensure that your child didn't miss something in school That might put them at a disadvantage in the future. And right now, it's the best price of the year at $29. Go to sylvan29.com to learn more and get your child's assessment for only $29. That's S-Y-L-V-A-N-29.com. Shifting gears, looking at this outfield situation, um, obviously Michael Harris has gone on the injured list since the last time you and I did a show episode right here. So, you know, it's been an interesting thing. All the reports on Harris has been uh, have been good. Uh, I know Brian Snicker said, uh, I believe it was Wednesday before the game, that, you know, the Braves were trying to be really careful. They didn't want to run him out there while there was any any lingering effects of that. You know, all indications is is that he's probably going to be ready uh, when the ten day stints up. Uh, but you know, this has provided a good opportunity to see Sam Hilliard, who's played. I think he started every game but one uh, since Harris went down. 
during that time, he's seven for 21 with three doubles. Uh, he has struck out 11 times, which we'll talk about strikeouts here in just a second. But, you know, this uh, this is an oper- was an opportunity for Sam Hilliard to kind of showcase himself. He had one at bat, I believe, before before Harris's injury. And, you know, he's pretty much been in the lineup the whole time uh, since. So, you know, what, do, what have you seen from Hilliard? And, uh, you know, how, how do you think uh, – how do you think he fits in now once Harris returns? Yeah, I mean, you know, Sam has done his job, which is to catch the ball in center. Um, we knew when he was acquired that he was a really talented defensive outfielder. He's a he's a big guy, but he moves insanely well for how big he is. And he plays a really good center field, plays a really good left field. And right when you lose Harris, then the, the main thing you want is just somebody who will catch the ball and there might have been like one play right after he came in that you know you thought well maybe Michael makes that play but other than that I I don't really remember any glaring plays that he hasn't made in center Um, and that's really the the big thing and then with the bat everything you get with the bat is kind of a bonus and he's got you know a bunch of doubles already he's he's had some singles had some walks he's had some stolen bases you know he had a big play in um in last night's game where he, he took a walk immediately stole second and then on the next pitch Acuna knocked him in with a with a single and I believe that was the go-ahead run or maybe the t- no that was the tying run because Rosario hit the go-ahead homer but yeah so that tied the game in like the seventh inning or something and you know it's just stuff like that having that kind of speed at the bottom of your lineup um, he takes a ton of walks he does strike out a ridiculous amount I mean like you said he he's I think he's got like a 40 40 something strikeout percentage in in his time since he's been on the field with with Harris out which is I mean that's that's a ton of you can't strike out that much and have any kind of long-term success but you know over the short term um he's been any everything the Braves have needed quite honestly and I don't think they really could have asked for more and um you know when Michael comes back I expect him to go back to the bench I don't really see him being a a long-term starter um I do think he's earned some more playing time and left you know, we'll get to the other guys here in a second, but um, just almost for the defense and speed alone, you know, just having um, a little bit more defense out there, I would maybe move Rosario to DH a little bit more. But, yeah, he's been exactly what the Braves needed. And, uh, you know, when Harris went down, um, the big thing was can can Hilliard make all the plays in center? And maybe with the exception of one that I can think of, uh, I think he's pretty much done that. So I'm sure the Braves are thrilled with what they've gotten from him. Yeah, I mean it's the defense has been um, a little surprising, I think, for myself. You know, I I figured he would fit better in the corners, but you know he's done a pretty good job. I'm like you; I don't remember anything jumping out at me. Obviously, the strikeouts are the biggest concern, but Hilliard's got here's Hilliard's a guy that's got all the tools. You know, he's got the power, he's got the speed. You know, he's he he's put he'll walk, he'll take a base. you know, I, I think it's just a matter of cutting those strikeouts down to something that's a little bit more manageable, you know, for him to get a bigger role. But, you know, one of the things we were really talking about coming into the season was how, how deep this, this roster felt. And, uh, you know, that depth's being tested right now, obviously, because of all the all the injuries. I don't think that bench is, is, is quite as strong as, uh, you know, it was on opening day. But, you know, once you get everybody back and now all of a sudden – Hilliard's back on the bench and and uh you know you've got either a Darno or Murphy there and and things things are going to start to look up a little bit so you know I've, I've been impressed with Hilliard honestly you know that that could have been a really black hole after Michael, Michael Harris went out but you know he's he's been in that ninth ninth spot I think it's probably helped him a little bit to be hitting right in front of Ronald Acuna but you know good good for him for you know uh, stepping up and uh getting that opportunity and and trying to make the most out of it like I said you still like to see him to cut those K's down a little bit, you know. I mean, you can't be you can't be running a strikeout rate up in the forty five percent mark and and play every day. But uh, you know, I do think I have been intrigued with everything that I've seen from him. Yeah, and like you said, he's so tooled up, man. I mean, the Braves really went with upside in their in their acquisitions. You know, they they didn't really go any big names. They just went with upside and. Hilliard's just got a ton of upside. I mean, he's 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 got everything you need to be a really good player, um, and so you know, good for him for having some success. He absolutely has to cut the strikeouts down. You can't you can't run that kind of number. But um, yeah, really talented guy, and and he's helped a lot. I mean, he's really helped a lot in the the you know week or so that Mike's been out. So it's been good. 
Yeah, another guy's kind of showing a little bit of signs of life is Eddie Rosario. Um, you know, you and I had talked about him during the spring. It felt like he was having better at bats, didn't have a whole lot of success. He's got four hits in the last two games. He's still just a 67 weighted runs created plus. So, I mean, he's not he's not playing well by any means, but had the, had the big go-ahead home run. Uh, but I think what gives you hope is the underlying numbers. You know, he's got a, a 281 Woba right now and a 405 expected Woba, which is, is pretty good. The barrel rate's way up from last year, up to 10.7%. Hard hit rates jumped way up to 39.3%. You know, I think there's a good chance that we might be – we might finally see, uh, you know, Rosario look more like what he's looked like in his career. We're probably not going to see the supernova – uh, version of him that was, uh, you know, the final month of September in, in 2021 and, and the postseason. But, you know, I think uh, he's a whole lot closer to being a little uh, league average bat. And, uh, you know, given what they've had in left field, I mean, that would that would be huge, you know, if he could get up close to that to that kind of level. And, you know, he's he's really been, you know, he's been really swinging the bat pretty well, uh, I thought, over this homestand. Yeah, I mean, he's he's squaring up. He's, I don't know if he's squaring up everything, but it seems like he's squaring up everything. I mean, he's hitting everything hard. Everything's a line drive. You know, he's one of the few guys that's not hitting a ton of balls on the ground right now. He's 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 getting lift on the ball. He's getting the ball to the outfield. A lot of it's been caught, which is why his numbers don't look as great. But, yeah, this early in the season, you, you, you probably do care a little bit more about process than results just because the results on this small sample are just going to be kind of random. So just on the process – Eddie looks good. Um, he had a good WBC. He was hitting a lot of balls out of the ballpark, hitting line drives everywhere during the WBC. And so, you know, it looks like he's at least comfortable again. Last year, I mean, we couldn't even like we couldn't even wish upon some hard hit outs. Like there, it was there was nothing to even remotely get excited about. It was a lot of strikeouts. It was a lot of weak tappers to second. Um, you know, there was really nothing to even hang your hat on in, in terms of process and. And that hasn't been the case this year, even though the the results haven't been there yet. He's hitting everything really hard, and like you said, his his underlying metrics look good. And if he just continues that, if he hits the ball like he's hit the ball so far, then he's gonna have a really good year. So, and he's played well out in the outfield, to be honest. I mean, probably a little better than I would have thought. He's made a couple of nice catches running in. Um, I haven't noticed any huge glaring, maybe one or two where you're like, all right, you know, maybe we should get a little more aggressive with our defensive replacements late in games but you know he hasn't been just a disaster out there which is an improvement over last year when he when he was probably worse than Ozuna honestly in left and in right so yeah it's been good to see I I hope it continues the Braves need Rosario to be good they don't have a ton of left-handed pop you know after Olsen um, you know, Michael struggled early. Ozzy's always a better hitter right-handed, so they need they need left-handed pop, and he could provide that if he's if he's right. So it's been good to see him uh, hit the ball so well early on. Yeah, one thing uh, Snicker pointed out uh, after uh, Wednesday's uh, game was the strikeout rate with Rosario, and I, I didn't. I just now have looked at it. Uh, honestly, he had he was yeah. striking out twenty five percent of the time last year. And uh, he, it's down eighteen point nine percent, which is still a little high. Well, I don't guess it is. It's it's about right in line with his career average. You know, he's only carrying a two fifty nine BABIP, and which I, you know, I think that's notable just because he has been hitting the ball with more authority. Um, so I, I do feel like they're a little unlucky there. And like you said, he's looked all right in left field. And I, you know, I've never really had that big of a problem with him in left field. Uh, it's just seems like in right is where he struggled, uh, a, a ton. And that was, you know, I mean, you remember last year with their outfield alignment, yeah. you know, he was having to play right field while, while Acuna was out and, you know, and he was, I mean, that was, it was just a, it wasn't great. And, uh, you know he has struggled in left field. I don't uh, defense obviously is not his uh, his strong suit, but you know he's made the plays he needs to make and he's supposed to make so far. So, you know, uh, I mean it's early. Uh, we've seen how hot and cold he can get, but you know I am reasonably uh, optimistic that we could start to see the Eddie Rosario that we were expecting. Uh, you know when last season started. Uh, one player that's off to a terrible start, and uh, you know he's we've talked about him at, at length. But Marcelo Zuna's uh, struggles continued uh, Wednesday night as uh, he's three for thirty six on the season now. He's got a career high strikeout rate of thirty one point seven, nineteen weighted runs created plus. You know I know I've seen you know I, I've 
played a part in this too. You know, anytime you tweet something out during a game, you know, everybody piles on. Um, the expected stats are again in his favor. Uh, you know, I mentioned him with Rosario. It's it, you've got to be fair and mention it here. I mean, he's got a 206 WOBA and a 338 expected WOBA. The barrel rate still high. The hard hit rate still there. Uh, the problem he's having right now is he's got a 60.9% ground ball rate and a 0.8 launch angle. I mean, he is hitting the ball hard, but he's hitting it straight into the ground. When he does make contact, the strikeouts have been up late, lately too. So, you know, I at this point, I don't know how long. I mean, well, let's just put it this way. I mean, at this point, where they stand right now, they don't have a ton of options. You know, I mean, him running him out there at DH right now, they just don't have anybody else to do it. But once Darno and Michael Harris come back, then I think this gets situ- uh, this gets interesting if he continues to struggle the way he's struggling now. Um, but you know, what do you, what have your thoughts been of his uh, his play early on? Are we overreacting, or is you know is this it? Yeah, it's always it's always important to add context, right? Like if this was just about the first thirteen games. And for him, it's 11 games. He hasn't played in two of them. So really, you know, if, if you're talking about 11 games worth of a sample size, then then we would certainly be overreacting, right? Like if that's all this was, if it was just 11, 11 bad games, then this would be a clear overreaction by the fan base. But with Ozuna, it is not an 11-game sample size. It is going on, you know, the better part of two and a half or two seasons, you know, probably something like seven, 800 plate appearances since he signed that contract um, after the 2020 season. And ever since then, he's basically been the one of the two or three worst players in baseball. And, you know, this, this 11 game sample to start the year is just one more piece of information on top of what we've already had for the last two years. And, you know, it's not like he, he got 500 plate appearances last year and was terrible. Now, he had a good September, but, like, you can't be as bad as he was, you know, April through August, and then, like, just claim a good September and and that be it. Like, you know, he was so bad early on and all throughout the season last year that, you know, even a a decent September that he had, it's still a negative overall value, you know, player. And so, you know, again, I I, I don't even like bringing up off-the-field stuff because – you don't even have to bring up off the field stuff to talk about why Ozuna really shouldn't be getting at bats. I mean, he's been one of the worst players in baseball for since the day he signed that contract. And, you know, it's just continued this year. It's, it's honestly been even worse this year. Like you said, he's got a 30 something percent strikeout rate. He's got a 60 something percent ground ball rate. I don't care what your name is. I don't care if your name's Marcelo Ozuna or any, or any, Anybody else, you can't run a 60% ground ball rate and a 30% strikeout rate and be successful. I don't, you know, there's no, you can't hit the ball hard enough to be successful with that profile. Um, ground balls are, are where hits go to die. And, you know, the Braves have been a pretty ground ball heavy early. Um, and it's, it, they've paid for it with some inconsistent offense. And, and that's something that, that should get corrected as the year goes. It's, it's still a little early to look at team overall stats like that. But for Ozuna, it's just a continuation of what we've known for the last two years that he just looks like a guy that got paid and, you know, basically takes the same swing every time up. And if a ball happens to find his bat once a week and it goes out of the ballpark, then you know, he's good. He's happy. And he's not really a guy that looks like he's in, interested in making adjustments. He's not really a guy that looks like he's interested in, in doing much of anything. He's, he's collecting a check and putting the same swing on every ball. And, and every once in a while, one will go out of, the, out of the ballpark. And I just, I mean, if he was making no money, he would have been cut a long time ago. So, and everyone knows that. So the only reason he's on the team is because of how much money he's making. And that's, you know, that's just frustrating because the Braves, there are better players the Braves could put out there. There are better players the Braves could have acquired in the offseason. I mean, this is a DH, right? Like this is a, this is your one opportunity to just have a free roll of offense in the lineup. You don't have, they don't have to be a good defensive player. A DH is literally just a, it can be the worst, you know, base runner, defensive player in the world. And you could put them in your lineup to hit. And the Braves DH essentially is a pitcher. I mean, the Braves are essentially still playing by, you know, 2021 rules where they have a pitcher in the lineup. They're basically just giving up the DH every night and I can't stand it. I, I wish they would just cut him. I know they're not going to, but you know, 
every few weeks we have to kind of have this rant, but I'm just so done and I'm ready for him to cut him. I, I don't know what it's going to take. You know, it might be when Darno comes back or Harris comes back and, you know, we'll see, but I'm done. I, I really am done with him. I, I just, I, if I never saw him take another at bat in a Braves uniform, it would be tremendous. It's going to be really interesting to see how they, how they play this thing out. You know, um, I mean, there's two sides of the coin to this and shout out to our comment section at, at batterypower.com today, because we had several articles up that talked about Ozuna and, you know, I thought they did a pretty good job of, of examining the issue from both sides. You know, there's two, really two sides of the coin. This, there's some people that, you know, claim that this is a small sample size, uh, and it is, you know, if you're just looking at the 2023 season, uh, as you mentioned, uh, obviously, I mean, I'm like you, I'm not looking at this as a, as a 23, 23 season thing. I'm looking at this yeah. since the start of the 2021 season. I know there's been some, there's been some talk about a, a change of approach for him that really, you know, he had some success in, in spring training and, I, you know, I thought Snit said it best last night, you know, he was good in spring training, but you know, that doesn't count. It doesn't matter now. Uh, this is what counts, you know, what we're doing now. And, um, you know, I'm, I have no, I guess here's the, here's the crazy thing as critical as I've been of it. You know, I think right now they don't really have much choice than to run him out there at DH every day. I mean, they could put Eli wide in there a little bit, but it's obvious, you know, they've kind of, they've kind of held him back as that reserve outfielder. But, you know, I mean, he's the guy right now and it's kind of the same situation Grissom's in, you know, if he doesn't produce by the time Harris and Darno are back, then, you know, I don't think there's a re- there's means to play in him every day anymore. You know, at that point, you got better options on the uh, you know available to you. I'll be honest, I'm kind of interested to see just what will happen. I mean, if if he keeps going like he's going, how bad can it get? You know, and um, I we've talked to, at length about whether you know his time is short here. You know, there's no, been no indication of that, but it, at the same time, you know, I think. I think if he's not hitting the ball better by the time you get those injured guys back, then he's just got to go to the bench. And uh, and then, you know, it's it's going to be really, really hard to see a path to playing time. Yeah, and I, I'm just so done. I'm so done with Marcel. I really am. I don't, I don't, I don't even know how else to say it. Like, he, it's just the same, it's the same thing every year. It's the same, it's the exact same approach. I mean, I, if, if he's got a different approach, I would love to, I mean, I analyze Braves games probably in the 1% of fans out there, and I haven't seen anything to indicate that he's got a different approach. Or if he does have a different approach, then he probably needs a different, different approach because it's not working. So I, I I would honestly, I mean, put a, you know, put Rosario at DH and put a, put a fast pair of legs out in left field. At least you got, you know, a, a really good defensive outfield and, and guys that can run down the ball and catch the ball you know when Harris comes back maybe put Hilliard out there or Pilar I don't know I, I would literally take anybody I mean there's probably a ton of ways to do it but I, I would literally take any or go trade for some you know outfielder outfielders are always easy to trade for DHs are easy to trade for like go just anybody honestly anybody anybody else at this point want to look at any more Marcelo's in it but it's not even like a rational thing at this point I just don't want to I don't want to watch it I don't want to watch his at-bats I don't want to have to talk about him anymore. I don't want to have to think about him anymore. I just, I'm ready to be done with it. And I know it's not going to happen anytime soon that he's, he's owed too much money, but that's just kind of where I am. I mean, at some point though, you know, you kind of have to address it. I mean, it's, it's kind of the situation they were in last year when, uh, you know, after he, he, he got the DUI arrest and he came back and he didn't play for what, two weeks or something. I mean, they can't just, they just can't continue, you know, to operate a man short. I mean, obviously that's not the case right now because he's in the lineup. But, you know, again, as they start to get these guys back, you know, I think there's a decision that's got to be made. You know, are you just going to keep running him out there no matter what he does? Or, or, you know, are you going to put your best lineup out there? Still ridiculously early. Um, You know, I know this is a hot-button topic, uh, but – and you know, I really, I mean, the fan reactions doesn't doesn't mean a whole lot. But this guy got cheered pretty heavy, pretty uh, pretty well in the home opener, and the boos were very loud very last night. Loud. So we're talking about a seven game stretch there, where where the things have uh, where the tide has kind of turned on him. And uh, you know, it's just going to be interesting to see how he handles that and how the Braves handle that. Uh, you know, 
once once all their options are back. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. I think one of the biggest things jumped out at me uh, for the Braves over these first two weeks is uh, just kind of how the rotation is, is uh, shaped up. Um, you know, there's been some up and downs there. Obviously, you don't come in uh, expecting Max Freed to to leave his first start and go to the injured list. You know, they've done a pretty good job of, of bridging the gap. The offense has really bailed them out at times. But, you know, as a group, it's a little disappointing now. Uh, I, the good, I think the good thing is that – you know, none of these guys are. They cannot. There's all still plenty of time for them to turn turn the ship around. Uh, one guy that's not going to factor in this year that you and I have talked about uh, a good bit is Ian Anderson. Uh, the Braves announced today that he underwent uh, Tommy John surgery. We don't know if that was full Tommy full Tommy John or if that was the brace procedure. But he's not going to pitch this year. Uh, it's a it's a bummer. He he, he lasted two thirds of an inning in his first start at Gwinnett. You know, and I mean, I'll be honest. When I saw this, it didn't. It, when I heard he was on the IL with an elbow injury, it didn't shock me just because I don't feel like he's been healthy since the second half of 2021, honestly. And I think he's. It's almost like he's been compensating for something. Obviously, I don't know this. I'm sure. You know, if they had thought this, you know, they would have. They would have addressed it sooner. But it just makes you wonder. You know, his shoulder. Then it's uh, oblique at the end of the last season, and now it's the elbow. You know, you just hope that he can get this surgery, come back fresh, and and kind of remake that delivery and start back over, and uh, you know, hopefully look like a little bit like the guy we had, uh, you know, in 2020. Yeah, this is a very weird thing to say, and I'm going to say it carefully so people don't misunderstand it, because I think it makes sense, but sometimes things make sense in my head, and they don't make sense when they get said, but. It's almost a relief for me that he's hurt in a weird way because at least now like we can we can point to him and be like all right there's a decent chance he hasn't been healthy in a long time and now the now the performance makes sense right like if if it was just if he was completely healthy and pitching like he has been the last couple of years that's almost worse than you know, now that he's got, you know, now that we know that he's he's probably been dealing with something for a while, in a weird way, it's almost better because now we can get it fixed. You know, he can start to move forward. He can hopefully get back to the guy he was when he first came up. Um, you know, you never celebrate injury, but in a weird way, it, it, it almost made me feel better to know that, he, you know, he was hurt. And, you know, we'll never know how long he's been hurt. We'll never know how long, you know, he's been dealing with this. Um, you know, there was all this talk when the sticky stuff, when they banned the sticky stuff in 2021, which is kind of where Ian's struggles really started, you know, guys having to grip the ball harder because they weren't getting the same tackiness on the ball. And it led to some elbow injuries because guys are just gripping the ball way harder than they used to. You know, if you, if you have a baseball in your hand and you squeeze it, you know, the harder you squeeze it, the more you can kind of feel it in your elbow. And, and so I don't know if that's, you know, obviously Ian had a, you know, at this point it's, pretty well documented and had a lot of trouble when that stuff got banned. He, he, he was a big proponent of it. I don't know if he started gripping the ball harder and, and therefore, you know, his elbow started hurting. I mean, with pitchers, you know, it could just be a natural progression um, that happens with pitchers a lot, but, but, you know, it, it'll be interesting to see what happens when he gets back. You know, Tommy John is, is, I don't want to say a pretty standard surgery at this point, but it, it really has become pretty normal. Um, like a third of the league, I think, <laughs> maybe even more, has Tommy John at some point in their career and usually come back. So, um, but you know, obviously, we wish Ian the best, and and you know, it'll be interesting to see what he looks like when he gets back. I mean, it's it's kind of the same situation as as Tyler Matzik at the end of last season. I think Snit even said that you know going into the playoffs is like you know you could look at at Tyler and say, well, you know. Now we know. We know why you were struggling, why you weren't right, you know, because of that. So, you know, I, I think if there is a silver lining to this, perhaps that's it. Perhaps it's a, a kind of a fresh start for him. 
once he uh, you know goes through the rehab. Obviously, you wish he didn't have to do that um, because I think he could have really helped his team at some point if uh, if he if he was right. Uh, so you know, you just wish him the best and hope that uh, you know hope that he can come back uh, next year at some point. Another guy that was uh, was kind of interesting. Strider start last night. Um, you know, we build that that matchup against Hunter Green up all week, and then they both kind of struggled early and, and settled in late. Uh, I thought there was one thing that was kind of interesting at the in Strider's uh, post game session. He kind of talked to. He was asked about the velocity dip. It's about a one mile per hour dip uh, year over year. And, um, you know, I was kind of honestly expecting him to just kind of brush it off. But, you know, he kind of he kind of lit up a little bit when he when he heard that. And he's like, it's something he, you know, his reply was, it's something that I'm aware of. And he kind of um, he kind of alluded to it being a situation where he was just trying to I guess he was holding back a little bit to try to get deeper into games. Um, but it seems like when he's holding back his command, his command kind of leaves him a, a little bit you know the walks have been up the last t- couple of starts he uh, you know he loaded the bases I think in that third inning and Rick Kranitz came out there and I think you know Kranitz had some nice words to say to him so to speak and uh, kind of got him back on track he finished uh, I think he retired the last nine hitters he faced and was I, hit through one of his hardest pitches of the game in the fifth you know so he was he was kind of saying that he needed to get back to you know, that aggressive self and just let it let it uh let it all out and then you know whatever happens happens as far as how long he can stay in the game but you know what do you think about his comments and what have you seen kind of from Strider's uh velocity so far over these first three three starts yeah the velocity's been it's been a strange because he'll start out the game throwing 98 97 98 99 and then he'll go through a stretch in like the second, third, fourth inning where it's like 96, 95, 96, maybe a 97. But then he'll get to the end of the game and he's popping, like like his last start, his last pitch of the game was 100 miles an hour. It was like 99.8 or something like that. So, you know, I, it does make sense that he's kind of throttling back on purpose to try to get deeper in the games. But like you said, it's not actually working because he's, I don't think he's made it out of the fifth inning yet. This year, well, he did once in his first start against Washington, but I think he made it to the sixth inning. But yeah, I, I think you're right. I think Kranitz came out and probably dropped a couple four letter words, and um, I think it probably lit him up a little bit. Spencer's a, a unique guy, you know. He's got a very uh, kind of weird, unique perspective on on everything, and he he does seem like a guy that is very thoughtful about every single thing he does. And I'm sure in his mind, he was thinking Max Fried is out. You know, Kyle Wright is out. Uh, Ian Anderson is down for the year. I need to. I need to get deeper into games. I need to save some energy. I need to. You know, maybe get away with ninety five, ninety six for a couple innings, and then I can pitch deeper into games. And I just don't think it worked. I think you know his command leaves him when he's throttling back. Um, you know, for for him, it's like the harder he throws, the straighter it goes. And so I think that's probably what he, you're going to start seeing more. Um, you know, he, when he's throwing 99, a hundred, it just seems like it finds the strike zone. And when he's trying to throttle it back, he probably loses his mechanics a little bit. The ball sprays on him and he starts walking people. So his next start will be interesting. I, I don't think it's anything health wise just because he's, he's getting that velocity back when he knows it's his last inning. So he's got it in there when he wants it. He, I think he's been doing it on purpose to try to stay in games longer. And I think Kranitz probably told him, <laughs> You know, don't do that. Just be be Spencer Strider, and if we got to take you out in the fifth or sixth, that's fine. But at least we got five or six innings of of Spencer Strider instead of you know two or three innings of Spencer Strider, and then another two or three innings of someone else. So, you know, it'll be to see what he does his next start. But it was nice to see him hit a hundred to strike that last guy out in his in the last start. It's I think I don't think it's an injury like some people do. I think he's I think it's probably more intentional. Yeah, I mean, I I looked at it over the first couple of starts, and like you said, you notice that random ninety six throwed up in there, and it's like, man, I never saw that last year. I really didn't see that until that Philly, you know, that start in the division series when you know he was coming off the injury. But I just kind of alluded it to the weather, and maybe you know he was holding back a little bit, and I think it is encouraging to know that when he's needed it, it seems like he could go get it. You know he he's he's pumping a hundred when he when he needs it. So uh, I, I'm like you. It's really going to be interesting to see what he looks like in his next start because he sounded pretty determined and and pretty um, 
you know, intent on, on how he was going to approach his next outing. So that'll be interesting. Um, Bryce Elder's supposed to start Saturday. You know, I can't really say enough. I think you tweeted this last night, and I, or, or, I believe in the, you know, if you had Bryce Elder as the as the guy with the best numbers, uh, the first time, two times through the rotation, you know, I mean, uh, that's a that's an unreal uh, uh, prediction at this point. But that's where we're at. Bryce Elder's not allowed to run, and uh, it's I think it's twelve in the third inning, two great starts, and it's it's interesting to me because I'm watching this guy the other day. You know, and he's hitting ninety. And sometimes, you know, a lot of times elders living on the on the edges. But there's a lot of times that things that thing looks like it's over the middle of the plate. But he's got those hitters so far off balance because he's just been on the corners all day that they haven't been able to do much with him. Uh, but you know, kudos to him because I don't. I'm not real sure where they would be right now if he hadn't come up and gave them the type of lift uh, that he's given them. Yeah, it's been it's that's been one of probably the most surprising storyline early on has been you know how mediocre he looked at spring training and and how good he's looked. You know, it's kind of the opposite of 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 Jared Schuster, right? Like, you know, Schuster looked amazing in spring training and it's come out and the velocity that we saw in spring wasn't there and you know and and Elder's kind of been the opposite where he was walking everybody in spring and got actually got cut from spring training like 2 weeks to go before opening day and and now has come in and you know the Braves have had a hard time getting deep into games um their starters have had a hard time getting deep into games the last 11 games I tweeted this last night but the last 11 games they've had two starting pitchers make it to the sixth inning or later in a game and both times it was Bryce Elder right like no one else has done it in the last 11 games so he's been a godsend you know with 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 Max out and with Kyle out and and the the two kids, Dodd and Schuster, struggling, and Spencer kind of being a little up and down. And early on, Morton's, you know, kind of up and down. Like Elder's been a godsend. I mean, he really has, and um, good for him. It, it doesn't make a lot of sense how he how he does it because it's it's not the like most amazing stuff that you've ever seen. But he moves it around. You know, the ball's always moving one direction or the other. Um, he's hit corners. He hasn't been walking people. He hasn't been behind in the count. Um, that's kind of the key for him. You know, if he pitches ahead in the count, then he can get by. But in spring training, we saw when he gets behind and starts walking people, he doesn't have the stuff just to blow people away. And, you know, if he's always got guys on base, then he's going to get burned. Um, but he's been ahead of the count. He's been, you know, he's been dotting corners. Um, his, his breaking stuff has been sharp. He's been able to command it for strikes, which is big for him. Um, so it's been great. Uh, you know, I don't know how long it'll continue, but he's certainly earned, you know, when everybody gets back healthy, when Max gets back and you know, obviously Kyle's back, um, then the Braves still need a fifth starter. And I think he certainly earned that job for as long as he can hold on to it. But yeah, it's been a godsend early on. Yeah, that was going to be my next question because I feel like, you know, his spot in the rotation now is secured, at least for the you know, the near future. I mean, obviously it's looked like Jared Schuster and Dylan Dodd need some more time at Gwinnett. And, and and then there's Mike Soroka, who's, uh, you know, he's still ramping up. Uh, I think Soroka's going to be ready at some point, and he'll probably jump in there, whether the Braves use him to give guys extra rest or if he actually takes a rotation spot remains to be seen. But, you know, you got to be happy with what the way elders come up and pitched. And uh, like I said, he's just been – you know he's he's been doing the job, and uh, you know I think he's going to be in the rotation as long as he continues to do that. Hey, let me let me ask you a question. Okay. So Bryce Elder has now sixty six career innings of Major League Baseball that he's pitched. What do you? Th- I don't know if you already looked it up, but if you haven't, what do you think his ERA is for in those sixty six innings? What's your best guess? I would say low fours. Low fours is what you said. Yeah. All right, so in his 66 innings, which spans this year and last year, he has a 2.58 ERA. <laughs> wow, there you go. Um, I just remember those early starts, I guess. It really cl- uh, cl- um, clouded me a little bit, you know. But, I mean, he was great at the end of last season. I mean, people forget that. I was I was blown away. That, I was blown away. I was with you. I was like, surely he's probably in, like, the high threes a 2.58 ERA since since making his debut. And uh, uh, what's his FIP in that point? It's 3.54. It's, I mean, that's solid. That's yeah, solid. It's solid. So, you know, I mean, th- people forget, and, uh, you know, and I think it's worth mentioning that last year when Strider got hurt, you know, 
it was Bryce Elder that got the call. It wasn't Kyle Muller. It wasn't, you know, any of those yep. other guys. It was it was Bryce yep. Elder, and he pitched well down the stretch. You know, I mean, a lot of that, yes, it was against, uh, you know, it was against lesser competition, but those were big, those were huge innings, um, you know, for a team that, a team that had to go out and win every single day. You know, I think that's the, it's one thing to go beat bad teams, but the Braves, Braves had to win so many games down that stretch last year, and Elder was Elder was a huge part of that. But no, I would never would have thought he was had an ERA, a career ERA in the twos. Uh, so yeah, that's that's pretty wild. Kyle Wright came back. Uh, it didn't go well. Uh, first start it was rough. Uh, I thought he looked all right first couple of innings, but you know things got crazy in the third, and uh, you know he he got through it finally. But uh, he, he gave up four runs, hit a hit hit a couple of batters, walked four. You know it was kind of that Kyle Wright that we had seen before. But I'm not ready to push the panic button yet. I still think you know he's still a little bit behind everybody else, and. Um, you know, I liked it. I liked that they uh, they have him penciled in to start Sunday. I think it's important get him right back out there on regular rest, and uh, you know against the Kansas City lineup that's not that struggled a little bit. So maybe that'll uh, you know maybe that'll get him get him kind of going. Yeah, it was pretty much all sinker command for him. Um, he was, you know, that sinker was running so much into right-handers. He hit, I think he hit two or three guys. I think I think it was three guys or maybe two guys, but. He hit, hit, hit Tyler Stevenson twice uh, in successive of bats, yeah. Yeah, that's right. That's right. And I think at both times he was trying to bury a sinker in on his hands, and, and it just ran all the way and hit him in the side. So, And, you know, that was a lot of the walks. He, he just couldn't command a sinker. And, you know, when he made that big change from going to a, you know, from being a four-seam fastball slider guy to being a sinker curveball guy, you know, obviously the sinker was a huge part of his success and, and him kind of changing his career or the path of his career. And so that sinker is a huge weapon. And so if you can't command it, then, you know, that's kind of what you get. And, but you know, when you're rusty, when you're behind everybody command, it's one of the first things that goes, you know, it's the thing that you have to kind of work back in. Even the best pitchers need time to get their command locked back in, find their release point on all their pitches. A lot of that just comes with reps. So yeah, I'm, I'm nowhere near close to being worried about Kyle. Um, I think every start he gets, you know, in a better, in a perfect scenario, the Braves probably would have liked to give him one more rehab start or, or a rehab start. I don't even think he did a single rehab start, but the Braves needed him because they've got these other guys that are down and, and other guys who weren't pitching great. So, you know, I I don't, I don't think they rushed him back, but I, I guarantee you if, if the rotation was a little bit more healthy than, you know, they they would have considered giving him a rehab starting Gwinnett first. So, yeah, I'm not worried. He's just he'll get his command, uh, you know, locked in and over the next few starts. And I'm guessing he's going to look like the guy that he was last year. Now, I don't think he'll be as good as he was last year. Last year was a bit absurd. Um, you know, we don't talk about pitcher wins on this podcast for a reason, but you know, to win 20 games is is kind of ridiculous. But I, I don't think he's going to do that again. But he's he's a really solid you know, mid rotation starter. And that's what I expect from him once he gets everything locked back in. Yeah. I, th- I, I think that's a good point about kind of running him back out there by necessity a little bit, just because of what's happened with Schuster and died. And then speaking of that, um, the Braves have been kind of quiet about Max Freed. We know, I know he did throw the other day and was slated to do some fielding stuff, but there's not been a whole lot of, uh, a whole lot of, uh, uh, updates as far as that goes i think technically he was eligible to come off the uh injured list sunday uh i'm guessing and barring a setback that he's going to get dropped into the rotation either monday or tuesday in san diego uh i think they you know at that point if it's not max freed then it is an interesting thing because i'm not sure exactly um who would make that who would make that start uh, they're going to need one uh, during this road trip uh, from somebody. So, you know, I think all signs are pointing to a freed return as long as nothing, you know, as long as nothing, uh, you know, happens between now and then as he starts to ramp up activity. But, you know, uh, Snicker's been saying that he's feeling better. Uh, they're just not really saying a whole lot about, you know, where he's at in the in the process. But uh, I think we'll see Max Freed uh, at some point on this uh, on this road trip. Yeah, when they optioned um when they optioned both Schuster and Dodd and for people that don't know, you know, major league rules the pitchers have to be down for 15 days before they could get optioned back up to the majors unless 
they're replacing a guy that goes on the IL, which is how Schuster came back up when they put Colin McHugh on the IL. But, you know, unless they want to IL another reliever, um, which is, you know, sometimes robbing Peter to pay Paul, then, yeah, if it's not Max Freed, then, I, you know, they're going to have to do some sort of bullpen game or something. Um, or unless they're getting really aggressive with, like, you know, Soroka, which I can't see. Um, then, yeah, I agree with you. I think he's probably pretty close. It has been a little weird that we haven't had more updates. You know, he hasn't really done much. I guess he's he hasn't been on the IL long enough where he's going to need to go down and, you know, get get uh, starts or whatever. So, you know, maybe they will just throw him back in. Um, they did say when he got hurt that it was they were going to be ultra cautious with it, that, you know, maybe if it was later in the season, bigger games, playoffs, you know, it wouldn't have been quite as big a deal and they would have pushed it a little more, but being so early that they're not going to do that. So, you know, who knows, maybe they're just comfortable with him coming back and, and we'll see him this week. This could be the first week where we get kind of the all four guys in the rotation, kind of the big four that we, that we thought we'd have all year. So it's going to be a good week to get, you know, the rotation back to looking the way it was supposed to look coming out of spring. Yeah. And it's going to be something good to watch too, because, um, uh, they they got three games in with Kansas City and then they go back to San Diego and uh, you know they dropped three or four to San Diego at home, so it'll be interesting to see how they kind of re- respond uh, playing the Padres again out there. Uh, you know, I mean, you go look at those games. I don't think it was as much uh, the pitching uh, that let them down. It was you know they couldn't score. I mean they couldn't they couldn't produce a run. You know runners in scoring position and and kind of got a little bit on track against the Reds. I know the Reds aren't the same caliber of, of team, but you know, the Braves came from behind in all three of those games and uh, hung on to win one-run ball games in that. So, you know, they're nine and four. Um, you know, it doesn't really feel like it at times. I don't think they're hitting completely on all cylinders yet. Uh, but you know, it's good to know that and then look up and see that record uh, already. I mean, you know, think about the last two seasons. I mean, and how far below five hundred they've been, how deep in the season. So, you know, things are looking up, and uh, you know, like I said, it, there's some interesting things to watch, and uh, I'm sure we'll have plenty to talk about next week. Yeah, nine and four, you take it, especially with all the injuries. It's been a ton of injuries, you know. We we talked all off season about the depth of the team and the depth has been kinda of tested early and, and they've they've been able to hold on to some close games. You know, they won three one run games against Cincinnati, which always helps. Kansas City is not good. They're not a good team, so the Braves should at least win two of three this weekend. Uh, but it's baseball. Weird stuff happens. Um but yeah, nine and four top of the lineup has kind of carried the offense. We need some of the guys in the middle to keep keep, you know, producing and helping out when they can, but um, you can't complain about nine and four, especially with all the injuries and and how bad the Braves have started in April the last few years. So, uh, nine and four will take all day long. All right, that's going to wrap us up to, uh, for this week. Uh, Stephen and I are both still on Twitter. You can follow me at, at Chris underscore Willis. Stephen is uh, B Outliers, and uh, we'll see you guys again next week.